Yes, Ness. Poison Arrow. That's the Welcome one. Welcome to the Uniweb Interview Show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you joined us. From very far distant lands, places I've never even heard of. <laughs> where, are you, where are you located? Tell the audience. We want to know. I am located in Breda, which is a town in the south of the Netherlands. Wow. What was it? Say the name of it again. Breda. Breda. <laughs> That's, what is it? Do you know what the name means? Oh, my. Um, no. Hard question. <laughs> That's the short answer. I know it has some, it's like old city, very much historical value. It's where the royal family originated from and it has to do something with the water but that's about the extent of what i know it means delicious royal water okay perfect let's go with that so were you born in the netherlands yes yes okay born and raised been, been there your whole life well i lived in the u.s when i studied for my mba but other than that yes Ooh. what do you what do you say so you have your mba where'd you go to college um western carolina university in north carolina Oh wow! So you've been out east, where I'm, where I'm from, down south. Yes. How did you I like your time, in America? Yeah. <laughs> How'd you like your time? I loved it. I loved it. It was great in so many ways. It was uh, the, the people and the and studying there, and but also like just being in the mountains. As I'm from a very flat country, it was so fun to like open my curtains and just see all these mountains in the Smoky Mountains. I don't know good. why I imagined I imagined the Netherlands being very hilly and mountainy. Mm -hmm. It's completely flat. It's completely flat. Really? So is it like really? Is it green or? I'm, I'm, now when you say flat, I'm just imagining like a desert wasteland. No, it's very green. We have lots of water. We we're like below sea level, so we're flat because we made most of the land ourselves. Oh, that's pretty industrious. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've only made sandwiches myself. I've never made anything more than that. Yeah. Well, I said most of land. It's not most of land, but it's below sea level. And if we wouldn't have the dikes, we would be in trouble. If you didn't have what? The dikes. The to ducks. protect like the, the, like the walls. Oh, yeah. Flooding. Yeah. Have, have the, has there been flooding in that area? Well, yes. I don't know anything about it. It's yeah. been bad, like since you've lived there. No, no, well, not in my area, but it's 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 yes. There's there have been not as bad as like it was in '53. It was like really big flood, and a lot of people died, and they changed something on the waterworks then. But uh, yeah, we get all the water from the mountains, so like from uh, Switzerland stuff, like when all snow melts, when there's mm -hmm. lots of rain, it ends up all well, not all of it here, but a lot of it ends up here. So is it is it a uh, winter there or is it? Yes, like similar. I know I'm asking a ton of questions about like where you live, and it's it's just like because <laughs> I have I've only been like on the east coast, so I need to get out more. This is like my trip to the Netherlands right now. <laughs> so you're my tour guide. Gotcha. So, all right. So, poisoned arrow, a young adult fantasy story, right? True. Awesome. So. I want to know about it. I've been reading it, loving it. Tell the audience what it is about. It's about a girl who um, really needs to learn to embrace who she is and what she's done. 
and what she's capable of doing in order to not only like learn to get along with herself and 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 trust what she's able to do but to uh do good and use that gift for uh uh like for a bigger cause for the safety of the country and okay, uh, so go ahead there's implication large implications in the story yes that only the main character which what's the main character's name <laughs> Funny you should ask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is Iris. And um, let's just get that out of the way. Original name. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I was writing the first chapter. I didn't plan on writing his book. It just came to me. And I, I wrote the first chapter. And um, it didn't start off with Iris. It started off with Iran. And I wrote down Iris. And I paused. I was like, OK, so no, we're not going to write a book. And call the main character after yourself so so i brainstormed a little like what else could it be and nothing fit so i was like okay i'll just leave it for now and with the easy search for place i can just change it later and right. and up until halfway through the book i was still thinking i was going to change the name uh -huh. until i learned more about the character and and what she stood for and the importance of her eyes which connection with iris and flowers and i was like the only reason to change her name is because I don't want her to have the same name as I do. And I thought that was not good enough reason. So I decided to stick with it. Well, it's a beautiful name regardless. And it does have meaning. So it's like, you know, I have every time I've written all my stories, like I want to use my own name and I just end up using like an M name. But there's not like a lot of good M names <laughs> for guys. There's only a few. Like one of my characters was named Mo. Like that's weird. But it was short for like momentum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so when did you write this book? How long has it been out? It's been out since September. So not that long. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how long did it take the whole process of writing? Uh, all in all, well, the, the writing was four years, um, but three years of which was writing. After the first chapter, I kind of put it aside for a year, thinking mm -hmm. I would write it someday when I had time <laughs> until I realized like it was just too much fun not to write it. And I was not going to worry about the fact that it didn't make any sense or I didn't have any experience and I was just going to go with it. So this is your first book then, right? First book. First book. And you started, so this wasn't like the first time you started writing though. You've been writing for a while or just not? Well, never novels though. I mean, I've been blogging and like for my work, I have, a, I have my own business. Uh, I've been writing. Uh, articles and stuff but never a novel i mean i've been reading loads of novel ever since i've been little ever since i've been able to read i just never pictured myself to um to be the author of a novel it's weird right? yeah yeah just, just happened but it's like people who love to read um who cherish stories who just like really immerse themselves in stories usually uh, are really good writers because like I know for myself, I'm not gonna write something that's like boring as heck to read. Like if I'm if I'm writing it and reading it at the same time, I'm just like, uh, I'm gonna put it away. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not gonna or I'm gonna change the story completely, right? True. I yeah. So I think maybe in a way I was preparing by all that reading, but I was just not aware of it. <laughs> yes. And uh, so you have uh, uh, your own business. It's Intuitive Mentor. Is that right? True. So what does this mean? I have an idea of intuition. 
and what that means. But what does what does an intuitive mentor do? So I mentor people, um, a lot of entrepreneurs and coaches, and um, it depends on what they need. For some, I'm really a sounding board, like they're a, a managing director of their company, and they just want to have someone like a confidant that they can share uh, freely with and. Um, because of my, my business background, plus my intuition, I'm able to like zero in on what's going on and what's happening and help them see, um, a certain situation from different angles. Yeah. And I really believe in like, if something happens to look at like, what was your part in that? So what did you do? Like, what, what did, how did you contribute in having this, uh, occur? And that's what I help them with. Taking responsibility for every part of our lives. Definitely. Yeah. So how long have you been doing that for? Almost 16 years. Whoa. That's a long time. And I guess you've been pretty successful at it. If you've been anybody, I mean, if you do something for a long enough time, it's like you got to be successful at it or you, you got to stop, I guess, right? <laughs> it's like maybe do something else. Yeah. Well, and I like to evolve. I mean, I've done, I've, it's been evolving over the years and I like to do different things because um, I always have more ideas than I have time. So, I love that I've been able to incorporate the writing with it, but I also work with groups in either workshops or, or in team building. And uh, I like the variety. So how did this come about? How did, because obviously, so you have, you're writing, you, are you writing anything right now? I'm writing part two. You do what? Writing part two. Oh, so okay. Poison Arrow was part one and now I'm writing the second book. It's a trilogy. Oh, awesome. All right. So you're in the process of writing book two. Yes. And also doing the intuitive mentor thing. And so I had this conversation yesterday um, with another uh, writer writing full time about like how we carve out this time to work. How are you finding it to, you know, manage your time? Because I know for me, like finding time to write, do these videos uh, and do all the other things that I want to do. It can be it can be like it can drive a person crazy. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? How do you how do you go about managing that for yourself? Well, it's it's about a balance, and I what has worked for me is to carve out like what I call book weeks. So I look at my calendar, I just plan, and I just block off an entire week that I can really write, um, and that gives me some moments where I can really build momentum and and make progress. And then the rest of the time, it really depends on my schedule. Sometimes a day is so full that there's no time to write anything at all. Um, and I like to write after lunch. I usually try to squeeze in about an hour or, or a little more after lunch to uh, to write a bit. Okay, so you you do it kind of like almost like block scheduling. Then it sounds like you spend like a week on one one task and then you move on to the next thing. Yeah, it's not like I totally let it go in the meantime, but that's when I have my most focused and dedicated time. That's interesting. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way. Um, I always like beat myself up if I don't get in is it like is you know whatever my goal is like I have a goal of like 3,000 words a day or whatever if I don't get that in I kind of drive myself crazy about it but I've never looked at it in the way of like I like how you said building momentum um throughout the week that's an interesting uh, take on it you are very intuitive <laughs> <laughs> okay so you're writing what's the do you have the title of book two or is it a work I mean, it's a work in progress, I know, but... It's a work in progress, yes, but I'm not ready to share the title yet. Are you ready to read a whole chapter of it to us? No, <laughs> it's really like in the first stages of the first draft. 
Okay. So you you indie was this indie published or did you go through a publisher? Yeah, it's a small publisher. Yeah, Eastwood Press. Small publisher. So how did you go about that process? Was it a, did you get an agent and all that kind of stuff? Uh, no, I was just lucky. <laughs> all right. <laughs> a lot of four leaf clovers in the. Sometimes you just meet the right people at the right time. So yeah, that was, um, and my editor, I'm very blessed with my editor. She's great. And she taught me so much. Uh, -huh. uh Allison. Yeah. I'm, it's like the three years that I spend writing the book, I spend a lot of time, um, well, after like the first draft and all that and after um the editor and i were like we hooked up we um we did a lot of work and she taught me a lot because uh like i said i didn't i didn't really study to be a writer or an author and uh, there's a lot to learn i mean there's a lot of craft going into it i'd never appreciated that <laughs> i know it's not just like being able to put words together in sentences it's like there's so much skill involved in storytelling oh yes what so what was one of the most influential things you think that's helped you along your path so far in, world in building. building your skill world building yeah okay and, and how, what, how do we subtle about it <laughs> how to subtly build a world yeah i think that's i really had to learn that um i mean there was um there was a lot of i ha, i mean i had a clear picture of the world but not everything was on the page right like so i had to learn how to put it on the page and how to put it on the page in a way that it, it wasn't a history lesson I, yeah because it can get boring right like you're listing yeah. mountains and trees and like yeah so how so what's your process then how do you go about doing it if, i'd say it was a very like 12 words if you can <laughs> sorry sum it up in like 10 or 10 or 15 words <laughs> it was a very intuitive process. Okay. Sure enough. I, I, just, I, would read, <laughs> I would just read through and see like um, what's happening here and how can I show more of what's happening through mentioning either a custom uh, or a habit from that um, from that country or, or, or like what the environment looks like. Just how to sprinkle it in. Yeah, because so it's not just some huge dump of information onto yeah. the into the reader's brain. Yeah, I've had a. Um, it's one of the things I've struggled with as well. Like all the because there's there's so many aspects in writing where you come up with these large scenes, right? Too like yeah, I was talking to somebody else yesterday about a fighting scene, and mm -hmm. like if there's a lot of action going on in the scene, how do I do it so it's not so overwhelming? And the same thing can be said for world building. It's like how do I do it in such a way that's not to the point where the person is just going to be like, all right, I didn't, I'm not reading this, <laughs> you know, because we want people to read the story. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. At least I do. I don't know. If. <laughs> well, I, I think it's yes. I think after you've written the book, you want people to read it. I started out writing it because it was just so much fun. I mean, I was just like, I love doing this. And like the first time, like I said, I didn't intend to write this book. It kind of happened. I just there there was a moment where I just had to grab my computer and start writing. And I was supposed to have dinner at my parents that night, so I had to drive over. And I was like, my 
phone was stuck in, like in my seatbelt and I was on the voice recorder. I continued like recording and I had dinner. And then as soon as I got back in the car, I had to grab the voice recorder again because more was pouring out. And it was just like, okay, this story wants to be told. It's amazing when that happens, when inspiration hits you, it's like a bolt of lightning. It's just got to like be the channel for it, right? True. Yeah, it's, it really is magic in a way. Um, how it happens and being connected. So, but that's interesting uh, because I feel like just being a mentor, an intuitive mentor, any kind of coaching, that kind of thing, I feel like there's a lot of goal setting involved, right? Um, at least I know when I did coaching, personal training, I always had these goals set for, for my clients and whatnot. Um, do you have goals for yourself in terms of your writing schedule and what you're looking to do, especially, you know, with after publishing the book? Like, do you have an idea of what kind of success you're interested in? Um, well, I'm not very modest. <laughs> I just wanted like to be a worldwide bestseller. Good. That's awesome. That's me too. I, I, <laughs> I told somebody yesterday, I want, like, I imagine a picture of JK Rowling on my mirror, um, in the morning. And like, have you seen Rocky four? I'm not sure. I recorded it last week. Does that count? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so there's a scene where he, like, crushes the picture of Ivan Drago. And, like, that's how I imagine. Because, like, I want to I wanna unseat her as, like, the number one fantasy writer in the world kind of deal. Um, but that's you're supposed to have high aspirations, I think. I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But how do you get there, right? Like, that's the question. Like, yeah. because everybody can dream about being number one in the world, but... What are the daily practices you do to, to make that happen for yourself? Well, I think I, it starts by writing the best book you're able to write, whatever that looks like, and um, also learning to be happy with where you're at at a certain moment in time. Because, I mean, it progresses, right? I'm sure that when I look book at, uh, when I look back at book one after I finished book two, I'm going to be like, oh, really? <laughs> Why didn't <laughs> I wait? I mean, I should have. There's so much to be improved, but that's just... That's just how it works. And you, you can't keep on to all your books or hold on to all your books until they're all perfect and then send them out into the world. You just have to decide, like, okay, this is it. Yeah, it's like a roll of the dice, right? The, the willingness to be kind of uh, judged for, even, even if you don't think it's your best work. Like, I, I believe it's the, yeah, like you said, believing it's kind of the best work at the time, being happy in the moment. Yeah. Like, could I do anything better right now with this? You know, without having to completely rewrite the entire <laughs> rewrite the entire story in four years, because um, we get I I feel like we do get trapped in that uh, constant editing process of wanting to make it better. But there's got to be some level of uh, not, not fearlessness, but like courage. To, and I think that's with any art form, right? Mm -hmm. Well, like they say, it's never it's it's what, what's the quote again? Uh, work of art is never completed, only abandoned, something like that. Yeah, 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 I've heard that. And that's the thing about art too, right? It's all objective. It's like it could be crap to one person, but uh, it could absolutely change another person's life. And and that's why it's so important to share art. And that's why I think it's so important to share these stories too um, and share the authors who are writing these stories because whether one person thinks it's garbage and a waste of time, another person can be like, oh, my God, that changed my life what you said and that's the whole and, and that's the magic of having that story inside of us to share true know? so with that what is the legacy you're looking to leave with your writing well 
If you don't mind, I'm going to share a quote because you asked me to think about a quote, and I think it fits right here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's long. It's long, so I'm going to have to read it to you because it's just... Okay, like, you have to read it dramatically, though. Oh, well, I'm going to try. I'm, I'm not an actor, actress, but... Um, okay, so it's a quote by Martha Graham, who's, uh, who was a contemporary dancer, an awesome woman. And she said this. There is a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there's only one of you in all of time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and it will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly, to keep the channel open. You do not even have to believe in yourself or your work. You have to keep yourself open and aware to the urges that motivate you. Keep the channel open. I just love that. That is fantastic. That's, I mean, yeah. That's literally like what I talk about every single day. I'm sure it's annoying people, but it's like that is it. Not being, you know, not being so arrogant to think that I know how you know life is going to show up and work through me to inspire another person, or how another person is going to be inspired to maybe help me. Like keeping an open mind and just letting it go, right? Yeah, that's profound. I know. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Martha Graham. Awesome. So you're, you said you blog as well. Yes, and that's but that's work related or yeah. So I I talk about like uh, motivational stuff as in either things that um, I'm going through myself or that I see um, are happening around me or or with my clients. Most of my clients are highly sensitive. I am as well. I think a lot of creators are um, just very in tune with what's happening and um, sometimes it's important to learn how to filter that and how to keep all those uh, stimuli out so you're you don't get overwhelmed so that's what i work with as well how do you manage it because i get overwhelmed constantly <laughs> i'm like yeah i 100 agree the creative types are definitely uh, more in tune with i mean that's what we just talked about and what your quote was being a you know a channel for things it's like if I'm a channel for something, I have to be willing to let things in and letting things in. It's not always like really good, positive things. Sometimes they're bad, like nasty vibrational energies. How do you manage? How do you manage to uh, cope with that? It, it starts by, by being aware. And then when you're aware, you just you can choose like you can choose to let this in and not let that let that in. It's um, it's like I envi I envision like a, a bubble around me that's just a filter. Uh, like a you know the bubble when you like blow bubbles, mm -hmm. uh, so it's transparent. It lets stuff through, but only the stuff that I'm allowing in. So only the the stuff that helps and supports me, and everything else. Um, sometimes like when I've sometimes you like you sit next to someone, maybe on a plane or something, and then they have a like yucky energy, if I can say that. Um, oh. And <laughs> I just did. And then I'll just think like return to sender, return to sender. And I'm like drawing like this energetic curtain, just imagining like there's this invisible curtain between us that keeps his energy on his side and mine energy on mine. And that really helps. So you're, I mean, you're, you're building boundaries. It's like, uh, 
energetic boundaries in your own mind, right? To reasons why we do shut ourselves off so much as creators. I mean, obviously, writing can be a solitary thing, um, but it doesn't have to be lonely, right? It doesn't have to be something that we necessarily do by ourselves. I'm, I'm working on a, a writing project right now for the whole writing community because I want other people to be involved in it uh, because writing can be a lonely process. Mm -hmm. And uh, but so so the thing about boundaries, it's like, where do I set them? How do I set them without seeming like a jerk? <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. How to set how to set boundaries with grace is is an art form. Yeah. Right. Is that something you teach and write yeah. about in your blogs? You seem like a graceful person. Thank you. <laughs> I, we danced the we danced at the beginning of this interview, and you could tell I'm not very graceful. Yeah. <laughs> I played football. I didn't do ballet, fortunately. I did. <clears throat> you did ballet. Oh, yes. How long did you do ballet for? Um, I started at the age of four and did classical ballet for 14 years. Holy cow. Is, was it something you loved doing or did was it like forced upon you by rigid no, parents? No, no, no. I, I loved it. I, I still <laughs> love dancing. I still love dancing. I don't do it enough, but it's, yeah, I love it. It's another great ex expression, right? True. So when you dance, do you go out to like the club in the Netherlands or... I'm not, I'm not so much as a club dancer. Um, recently, I've been, not very recently, very recently, I haven't danced enough, but I've been doing salsa dancing. Ooh. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got, that's something, right? That's like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of head movement, I feel like, and <laughs> keeping it spicy. I don't know. Okay, so blog, books, you have your own very own website. What can we, is, is that the best way to get in contact with you if people are interested in your work, if they want to find your books, um, that kind of stuff? I know we got, you're on Twitter, Iris. Yeah, that's how we, that's how we uh, met in the writing community. Writing community. I know. <laughs> hashtag. You forgot the hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had that's hashtag. hashtag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> uh, hashtag. Yes, I have my website, and um, if people feel uh, like they might use better boundaries, then I definitely recommend reading some of my blogs. Uh, because I think it's so important, and I think especially as uh, sensitive people, it's important to. Focus on yourself, because I really believe that this world would be a better place if we all knew how to take care of ourselves um, and do that well, rather than be worried and try to take care of everyone else, because there'd be so much less to fix if we knew how to take care of ourselves. Yeah, it's it's strange, too, because we're all raised um, to, to, you know, take care of other people. I, I feel like it's like... Uh, or not to take care of other people, but to like be so impressioned by other people, like always trying to fit in and um, do what we think other people want us to do. Yeah. I know it's taken it's taken 32 years for me to finally be like, listen, I'm just going to do what lights me up. I'm going to do the things that make me happy. And in, and in turn, other people, I think I feel like will be happy around me, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. 
my, you have to my unlearn fifth... to want to fit in. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And I hate it because I it, it makes me sad because I see my kids, my children. Um, like my nine year old said, he he had to give a speech at school, and uh, he he was like, I was so terrified, nervous. Like, and I remember that feeling of being nervous of talking in front of other people. But he was like, Yeah, I felt like I was gonna cry. Like I, I couldn't breathe. And it's so weird that we get we get to that point in our lives where because we're just so concerned about what other people think about us that this anxiety like yeah. tears us apart from the inside out mm-hmm. um but it, it's i guess it's one of those things that you can only learn through a lifetime of dealing with it right because we all have to go on that journey ourselves and figure out why it's important to us true true and i think it'll help if we if we teach ourselves and our children um more to like be aware of themselves and what they need rather than try and fit in and do um, the things we think we need to do for others. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, I, I definitely want to check out your blog as well. Um, sorry. Uh, I'm reading the book. I'm loving it, like I said. Uh, and I'm going to go to the blog. I'm going to link all the, the information uh, for your website, your blog, your where to buy your book and all that kind of stuff on the um, interview page. Is there anything you want to leave the community, the people watching this with um, today? (laughs) Well, I'd say, first of all, thank you, Matt, for um, inviting me for this lovely chat. I'm so glad we we got to meet on Twitter. I'm having a lot of fun there. And um, if I want to leave the people with something, I'd say follow your heart. How do you follow yours? Um, I just, I listen to my intuition. Because I know that can be tough sometimes, right? Yes. And I've made choices over the years that, uh, weren't always the easy choices, but they Mm -hmm. felt right. So that, that's what gave me the courage to pursue and like go with it. Even though it was, um, often the path least traveled. But when I look back, I'm glad I did. Because for me, that was the right path. I'm finding that all these all you authors, you writing folks are some of the most courageous people I've ever talked to in my entire life. Honestly, it's like the courage to put yourself out there, write about stuff that because I feel like writing is a, such a personal thing too. Because stuff comes out, it doesn't matter what genre you write in, stuff comes out that's deeply painful inside of you. Um, I know I cry all the time when I'm writing. Me <laughs> <It's> too. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I hope other people cry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they <What>? do. <laughs> Good. Okay. It makes me feel better. But the following your heart, that's that's it. Because you had the courage to step out is uh it's something your heart craves. I know it is. You know, you can feel it. Thank you so much for this. <laughs> Thank you. It was a pleasure. It was and a joy to connect. Yes. And uh, I'm gonna finish finish your first book, and then I, I anxiously, anxiously, I'm freaking out. I'm anxiously <laughs> awaiting the second one. I'll do my best. I'll start typing straight away. Yeah, make sure you get on it because I need it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you on the Twitter webs. Oh, thanks for joining Uniweb Interview Show, where all people. Become one people. I have, I feel like I have to do that. What you did. It's yeah.
It's on. It did. Did it. Bye, Iris. Bye. Thank you. You're welcome.